Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, uh, real quick, before we dive in to some content that I am super, I'm excited. I I know the next several weeks we are uh, starting this new series today called Burning Questions, where we're gonna get into some hot topics uh, that our world is dealing with. And kind of the idea is why on earth would you, you know, relegate your life to some of these very weighty conversations that we are having in our world to an eight ball theology. You know what I'm saying? Like why on earth would you take some of these big questions that it caused so much confusion and chaos and simply just kind of, you know, have an eight ball theology and just say, hey, you know, what do you think? How should I feel about this? Instead, we're gonna look at God's word and see what God's word has to say. So we're gonna do that for the next several weeks. But today, quick announcement, and that is, uh, if you are new here or, or checking things out or you've been here for a while and you have yet to go through our Explore Trek, you need to do that. It starts today. It's normally a four-week journey. It is a three-week. We've condensed it uh, during the month of April, but it's happening like right now in the lobby. And I won't even hate you if you want to say, hey, I'm out of here, Colby. I'm going to go check that out. You can. You're more than welcome to do that. Um, but we would love to see how you can connect to what God is doing here in this house. I don't know if you were here on Easter, but we had around 2,400 people walk through these doors. And check this out. 110 people came forward to the altar to make sense. Is that not amazing? Is that not incredible? Is God not good? Like he's doing something amazing. And so as we are are growing and bringing back a Saturday, 5 p.m., come on somebody, Saturday, 5 p.m., we would love for you to be a part of that. If you've ever thought, hey, now's my chance to get off the stands and into the game, then now's my chance to stop just consuming and I wanna contribute and please hear my heart on this, consume all you want. Like that's okay. Maybe you're coming from a place where you need to hang out in the back and you need to go a little incognito and that's completely fine with us. You do what you need to do when it comes to that. However, if you wanna say, hey, I wanna be a part of what God's doing. I wanna step up and step into this, this movement and I wanna be a part of Saturday nights or I just wanna be a part of a team, like I would encourage you to jump in, explore. All right, Ben, you guys good to just hang out a little bit longer? Thank you. Last time I said that last service, and this guy, Mike, he's like, mm, whatever. <laughs> Little Mike. Okay, here we go. What we're going to talk about today really comes from a heart of our world is experiencing more confusion. I don't think I have to tell you this. More chaos. We are more divided. We are more polarized than we ever have been. We are experiencing a more pluralistic worldview in our world, meaning that, that you know, it's just kind of, um, there is no centralized authority. It's just kind of whatever. You want to be an authority and more a relativist kind of society. We're experiencing all these more, more, more. However, I would say at the same time, we are becoming less loving, less loving. And I say that because even though we say things like, you know, love is love, you do you. You know, all this kind of stuff. Can't we just love each other? Can't we just get along? Let's let's coexist. I think it is an incredible tactic of the enemy to take something that sounds right and use it for destruction. 
This is his MO. This is what he did in the garden with Eve. Eve, surely you won't die if you just take this fruit. And the Bible says she saw that it was good and pleasing to the eye. And so she took it. The enemy said, hey, you do you, boo-boo. You do you. You figure this thing out. It was, it was caused destruction. So when we say things like love is love, it sounds right, doesn't it? Love is love. Hmm. And we'll say things like uh, you do you. I should do me. I should do more of me. Or here's my favorite, and here's what we're going to talk about today. Um, that is my truth. My truth. This is my truth. In fact, if you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to, to dive into this, this word. Because in order to talk about these burning questions, we need to start here. And here's the title if you want to write this down. The question we are asking and answering is, is there such thing as my truth? my truth is there such thing as as truth and if so how do we find it where do we look for it here's what ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says this is the apostle paul writing he says then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching look listen to this by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Let's pause for, for a moment. Think about that in relation to what's happening in our world today. This constant confusion, this wind, this constant blowing back and forth and realize that at this time, Paul is writing to believers. He's writing to a group of people who've, who've put their faith in Jesus and have followed the, the way that, that they called it back then. And so in a place called Ephesus, which was a lot more modern of a city than we would give credit for, you know, in, in our day, like back in the day, this was kind of a, a centralized location for philosophy. They were, you know, expressing themselves in a, a lot of different ways, ideology, you know, the, the concepts that people were buying into and believing were just kind of all over the place. And Paul writes to them and says, hey, look, I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to help you in the context of this, this chaotic kind of place that you're in. I want to help you grow up spiritually is what he's saying. I want to help you mature as a, a believer. And I want to announce to everyone today that this talk is for people who want to mature. Like this isn't so the people that would want to say, I don't want to be an infant any longer. I don't want to have to be tossed back and forth, you know, by the waves, by the cunning and deceitfulness of, of every thought, of everything that's being taught. Like, I'm tired of having one foot in the, the realm of the world and the world's ideology and one foot in my, my faith. You want to stop, as the Bible says, being tossed back and forth by every teaching, scheming, by every article we could say, by every news headline, by every post on social media. Are you with me? Like, we need to bring some truth to all this confusion. Because I don't know about you, but it seems like every day there's some new piece of information that's out there that I have to decide how to navigate it, how to respond to it, and is this truth and what does this look like? And so I know that this message today will not be received into every heart, into every home, into every person that hears this word. Some of you, this is going to land like a 747 in your heart and your eyes are gonna be opened. Like in a moment, others of you, it's gonna take some time and still others of you are going to reject it. And I want you to know I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Like nothing changes for you if that's you, by the way. Don't feel uncomfortable. You just, you, you walk out of the doors the same way that you came in. That's fine. But the goal of this 
mature, are you with me? To stop this confusion. I mean, tossed back and forth. He says, no, so no longer infants. Tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, here we go, verse 15. Speaking, shout out those next two words. Speaking the truth. The truth. Not your truth. Not my truth. The truth in love. And become we will grow to become in every respect the mature body. So in other words, when you start speaking truth, that's how you grow. You become mature and start growing when we speak the truth to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ God. Thank you for your word. I pray that it does um, what it can only do. And that's to divide our, our spirit to get to the, the core and the heart of the issue. God, that we're all faced with. I pray that you'd help me get out of the way and allow your Holy Spirit to do the teaching and do the guiding and to do the leading into all truth, which is what his, part of his responsibility is in our life. And so God, help us. Your word is alive. It is active in our life. It's powerful. And so I pray that it does change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, guys. Great job, Mike. Hey, anybody who is a parent or has been a parent or, or who's been around parents, you know that part of parenting is to help a child grow up to know truth. Grow up to live in a world and understand what, what truth is. And, and, and this is why, by the way, uh, baby proofing, when it comes to you know, being a new, new parent of, of some infants, baby proofing is a billion dollar industry. Why? Because we know that, hey, if that child tumbles down the steps, then they're gonna get hurt. We know that if they get into that cabinet that has the toxic chemicals inside of it, that's not gonna go so well. And so we spend all this money baby-proofing our homes because we are trying to grow our children into learning the truth. Like if you stick a fork in that electrical outlet, you're gonna get lit up like a Christmas tree. Right, that's not going to go well for you. If you touch that flame, that's going to burn you. If you touch a hot stove, you know, it's going to burn you. So parenting a child, and we all understand this, into maturity, a huge part of that is teaching them the truth and what truth looks like in their everyday life. And in 2018, Oprah Winfrey did a talk in the Golden Globe Awards where she said this, speaking your truth is the most powerful thing that we all have. Speaking your truth. Now, nothing against Oprah. I love Oprah. Like I like it when she gives away cars to everybody. <laughs> but there is no such thing as your truth. There's no such thing as my truth. According to what we just read, there's only the truth, the truth. And can I tell you something? Truth is not something we decide, write this down. It's something we discover. We don't just get to decide what truth is. And what some people are doing is calling their experience their truth. Or they're calling their feelings their truth. Or they're calling their, their opinions their, their truth. And it's very common to hear people say this uh, all over the place. And maybe you've said it. Hey, we can all say different things because you have your truth and I have my truth. Have you heard that before? Like I have my truth. Or a lot of times people will say, well, Colby, I love the way you speak your truth. 
Like I have my own truth. Now let me tell you, you know, how uh, about my truth. However, and, and most people, by the way, when they say that, they do it innocently. They're not bad people. If that's been a part of your language, this doesn't make you bad. However, I wanna help offer a different perspective and offer some, some thoughts for us to consider. Now, what I'm not advocating, and you need to know this, is I'm not advocating a denial of your experiences that you've had in life. Like whatever experience that you have, have had, not saying that those aren't true, those are, are true. In fact, every week in groups like AA or NA or, or Celebrate Recovery, people come and share their stories about what their experience has been. And we should do that. We should share stories. We should tell people, you know, about our lives. And, and, and that is valid. I want you to hear that your experience in life is valid. It's a part of your story. However, all of our stories, mine included, come with a level of, of bias. They come with a level of subjectivity, do they not? In fact, I'll prove it to you. Uh, maybe you guys have seen a pic the picture of this, this dress that went around the globe a few years ago. You remember this dress? Don't answer anything yet because I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna take a poll. And by the way, this is a woman's dress, not a man's dress. We might talk about that in a few weeks. I don't know. This is a warm up, people. But when this dress came out, listen, let's just let's ask, how many of you, when you see this dress, like be honest, you see gold and white? Raise your hand. Gold and white? Yeah, somebody even said, really? All right, how many of you see blue and black? Stop it. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't get that at all, right? And some of you, like, I see gold and white. Like it's been so divided all day long. And that's because we see different, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Some of you are like, what? <laughs> Even right now, you can talk about it for a little bit, that's fine. <laughs> the reason I use this illustration is because, all right, that's enough talking about the dress. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How many of you know over the past few years, there have been so many points that we can disagree on? Is that not true? I mean, I, I, you know, think about the pandemic we went through. Think about COVID. You know, so many people were saying, hey, we should wear masks. And then other people said, no, we shouldn't wear masks. And then there were some people who were pro-vaccine and then other people said, I don't think, you know, that's, I don't want to do that right now. I don't know en enough ab about that. There were a lot of people on both sides of this thing to the point where people left churches, people left, you know, businesses, communities, because there are so many things that we can, there is no shortage of stuff you and I could disagree on. Are you with me? Like, just, just think about it. Gender. Perhaps uh, legalizing marijuana, you know, that could be, we could disagree on that. We could disagree on, on critical race, wokeism, BLM, um, all kinds of things people disagreed on. Fake news, how about, how about men, biological men in women's sports? Like there is no shortage. In fact, I remember growing up, I don't know if you remember these days, the only thing we argued about was which is better, Ford or Chevy. Anybody else remember those days? What's better? And you know how we solved it? Let's go to the parking lot. Let's figure this out. Man to man. There is no shortage. We are all, there's so much to disagree on. Now hear me, I'm not saying those things that I mentioned don't deserve scrutiny and fierce debate. 
Because they do. They are worthy things that we need to debate and talk about. However, what's happened in our nation, our people, are, they're elevating their opinions to a combative space. Tenas, you better agree with me. In fact, uh, society is now censoring people. Let's just say the, the narrative of the day is, you guys are all crazy, that's gold and white. All right, let's just say, that's gold and white. If you tell me it's blue and black, you know what society is doing is saying, you're canceled. You're censored. That's, you can't disagree with me because that's not the truth. This is the truth. It's gold and white. And we are living in a time in a society where we are shamed or bullied for seeing what we see. Is that not true? There was a girl who recently, uh, who, who spoke up she was an NCAA athlete, spoke up, and she had to lock herself in a room with security because she was getting mobbed and attacked. Why? Because she said, this is what I see. That's it. And so we are no longer allowed to say, like we, we're even, we, we're afraid to be honest about what it is that we, we see because we don't want to be canceled. We don't want to be threatened or censored. And so here's what I want to tell everybody today, whether you see gold or blue, it doesn't matter, but write this down. Just because I believe something is true doesn't make it true. Just because you believe something is true doesn't make it true. I watched my, my boys play volleyball. Um, in fact, anytime I go to watch one of their activities, volleyball or soccer, my, my belief is that the referee is always slanting the game in the direction of the other team. <laughs> always. And you know what's interesting about that? The parents that have children on the other team, they believe the opposite is true. What they believe is wrong and I'm right. All right. I'm just saying, just because I believe it doesn't make it true. You know, Kristen and I, we could be in the same room and have hear the same thing and have the same conversation. And later on that night, like what I heard is not what she heard. Are you with me? What she heard is wrong. What I heard is right. I'm just saying, this is real life. And you know the reason we do this is because we all have filters. We all have lenses through which we, we approach life, through, through which we filter information coming in. And so most, the, the most people uh, today are using this language, my truth, my truth, my truth, to elevate their perspective about their opinions you know, or their experience to a place that is indisputable. It's incontestable. Well, this is my truth. You can't tell me that because this is my, my truth. And the expectation is if they say it's their truth, well, you just have to accept it. And accept it as fact, by the way. It's not just that I feel this way, it's that this is, this is real. This is fact. In fact, the Urban Dictionary, they define my truth as this, check it out, a convenient phrase for avoiding arguments because people can contradict your opinion but not your truth. The phrase is often used when seeking to justify a controversial personal stance or action because people are not, check it out, allowed. Can't argue with you. They're not allowed to do that. In other words, most people use this terminology. They want you to immediately accept what they're saying as fact. When they say, my truth, 
And the problem with that is, is it causes us to lose like the back and forth, the conversation, the dialogue that actually opens the door to wisdom, that actually leads us, us to truth. But when somebody says, well, you know, that's my truth, you can't tell me anything else, we put a wall up and that's the end of the conversation. No more, that's my truth. I don't care what your truth is, that's my, my truth. But what we believe to be true is not always true. How do I know? Because growing up, I believed that the tooth fairy put a dollar under my pillow when I lost a tooth. I don't know what the going rate is now. Like I'm sure inflation has, you know, hit the tooth fairy too. Like I'm sure it's a lot more than that. Somebody in the last said like five bucks or 10 bucks. I'm like, you're crazy. My kids aren't getting 10 bucks for a tooth. But I believe that as a child, I'm, I'm being dead serious. And I know maybe some of you, I just spoiled it for you. You know, I'm sorry if you still think that. But I believe that, that growing up, and let's, let's think about it in this term. How about the, the adult male who's 25? Let's call him an adult child who's 25, who his parents kick him out of the house. His truth, according to him, is my parents don't love me. They don't care about me anymore. They kick me out of the house. That's my truth. But his parents would say, no, it's because we love you. It's because we care about you that we don't want to continue to enable you because it's not helping you move forward in life. Does that make sense? So it's all about our, our perspective. And if we're gonna live in a world where we validate everyone's truth as the truth, then what happens when evidence proves someone is guilty of a crime? Do they just have to say, well, judge, that's not my truth. I didn't do it. That's not my, my truth. Are we just supposed to accept that? Or is it time that we wise up and rise up and say, hold up, the evidence against you right, presented says you are guilty of, of the crime. That's what the evidence says. So what we believe to be true is not always true. And I know some people would say, well, Coley, that's an extreme example. Of course we would follow the evidence. Of course we would. Are you sure about that? Have you had your head in the ground, in the sand? Like, do you not know what's going on around our world and the confusion and what some things we're calling true because we feel that way? There was a, there's a guy in the Netherlands who's 69 years old who petitioned the courts to legally change his age from 69 to 49 because he said, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's real. That's real. I'm not even kidding. It happens. There was a woman in the state of Washington who was a white woman with white parents who feels black. So she represented herself to be black to the point where she was a leader in the NAACP there until she was exposed as being white. But she said, just because I feel this way, I feel black, then I, I, am, I am black. It's just not the truth. Listen, I've been guilty before of saying, hey, I'm half black. I've said that before, and I usually say, it's the half of me that has rhythm. You know, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I grew up in, in predominantly black churches. I love gospel music. You know, I love that, that flow, but I'm not, obviously, right? I'm, I'm white, mostly white, not completely white. Like, check it out, here's my 23andMe DNA results. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! It says J.A., that's John Atkins. I'm actually John Colby Atkins, but I am 0.2% Nigerian. What's up? <laughs> that's just, 
And some of you are like, well, now it makes sense, right? It's obvious. <laughs> I'm also, just so you know, 0.2% Bengali Indian. So I can get down with some R&B and some Bollywood. <laughs> like I got it all. But just because, right, I feel a certain way does not make it truth. There's a big difference in somebody saying, I know I feel this, I know I feel this, and, and, and saying, you know, take it to the point of calling it, that's my truth. This is my truth. There was a guy that went viral, you can look this up, that he did a, a study, he went to the University of Washington and he was a five foot nine, white Caucasian, and he, he told everybody that he was a six foot four Chinese person. And he wanted everybody to acknowledge him that way. And nobody would argue with him. Because they say, well, if that's the way you feel. Some people hesitated for a little bit. But what we're doing is we have gotten to the point where this is such a prevalent thought. My truth, my truth, my truth. That we are denying the actual truth. The actual truth. And God is the creator of all truth. And he created the earth. That's what we believe. He created the earth. He created the world to exist and function based on truth. He created you. He created me and our lives to, to live in sync with his, his truth. And God's truth, you need to know this, is a fixed position. It's not something that moves. It is a landmark. And truth is not, not something that's true for one person and not another. That's not truth. Like truth means it's true for every one of us. If we take a trip, we can go to the ocean together and you would say, Colby, my truth is that there are no sharks in this ocean and you tie some dead fish around your waist. <laughs> your truth is going to get you messed up, <laughs> right? Because it's just not, it's just not true. God established these, these laws. Like as a parent, you know, if my five-year-old comes up to me as he's six now and, and says, hey, I feel like, you know, my truth is I can fly. I feel like I can fly. I don't take him up to the, the roof and say, let's go. <laughs> Why? Because there are laws of nature. Truth conforms to facts. Truth is indisputable. Truth is, is an absolute reality. And the laws of nature are an example of God establishing this indisputable, reliable truth. And if we decide to go against this truth and ignore that truth, that's when destruction comes in our life. And here's what I'm, I'm telling everybody. This is not easy. I'm not even saying we've figured this out completely. I, I don't think we fully nail this and get this right. And, and especially if you are a young person in this room and you're trying to figure out, maybe you're moving from, from high school to college and, you, and you're, you're in that season of life and you're trying to decide you know, your ideology, how you're going to approach the world, your own philosophy. Here's one thing that this is I promise you is the truth. Write this down. The more our lives align with actual truth, the greater success you will experience in life. The more your life aligns with reality, with the truth, I'm telling you, the better your life is going to go. And the opposite of that is true too, by the way. The more you live outside of those truths, like the more destruction and harm that's going to come in our, our lives. And again, just so we're clear, we don't nail this. I don't nail this all the time. I don't always do the thing that I, that I know to be true. Like there are times I still feel weak in my ability to honor and respect the truth in front of me. You know what that makes me? It makes me human. 
Like I fall short of this, but the more I can come into alignment and honor and respect the truth, the better my life will, will be. God is, is, is truth. He established truth. How many of you know what um, true north is? True north? True north is a fixed position. In fact, if you're going to take a trip, you're going to go from point A to point B, whether it's by a boat or by a plane. You're, you're in a boat that leaves a dock or you're in a plane that leaves an airport. That you, you can navigate there only if you understand where true north is. Are you with me? Like if you don't, then you're going to get lost. You could be a hiker in the woods and you have a GPS system. You could be in your car and your navigation system, navigation system, true north is a fixed, immovable, dependable landmark. It's something that, that God created that we had discovered. Like you don't wanna, you don't wanna jump into a plane with a pilot who says, hey, I got my own true north today. <laughs> Just hang tight, we're going for a ride. Like you don't want to do that. Jesus championed truth. He championed it. In fact, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, anybody who hears my words, hears the, the truth. In fact, he says, like, like knowing the truth will set you, you free. That his purpose was to, to, to bear witness to the, the truth. These are all things that he, he said. So don't miss this. When somebody calls something your truth, you know what you're doing? You're sabotaging your ability to, to receive God's truth in your life. That's what you're doing. You're saying that that's, you know, this is my truth. Well, you're sabotaging God's ability to work his truth in your, your life. And I, some of the pushback would be, Colby, but I just say it. I know what I mean when I say it. It's not a big deal. And I would argue with you because it not only sabotages your ability for God's truth to, to grow in your life, but it sabotages perhaps your children's ability who hear you say things like my truth, this is my truth, you have your truth, I have my truth. It sabotages people's ability to understand that there is an absolute truth, people that you come into to contact with, because one of the most beneficial relationships you and I will ever enter into is the relationship with the truth. So learning to discover truth learning to get along with truth, learning to be, I would say, hungry for truth, passionate for, for truth, not just buying and believing everything that you read or see, deciding you're not gonna be casual in our life. When it comes to these big questions that we face, decide, you know what, I wanna find out what is the, the truth. I'm gonna be hungry for truth. And can I add to this? Not being mad when, when truth is revealed to you, not getting upset, not stomping away like a, a spoiled two-year-old toddler when truth comes into your heart and into your life. Like, cause this is what we do. Like, uh, bad example, but anytime guys that your wife asks you this question, hey honey, how do I look in this dress? You have an opportunity right then, right? Do you not? And by the way, the answer is always amazing, amazing. You look amazing, incredible. But sometimes you're like, no, really? And I'm saying, do you, do you want my, my opinion? Do you, are you looking for my opinion? Because all I can give you is that, is that opinion. And a lot of times we are not ready or in a position to handle or receive truth. You've seen a few good men, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> but that's true. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about some sensitive stuff. And some of it might be hard to handle. 
not, not later on, but there are people, and I mean, we're not going to go into this in detail, but there are people who are not healthy. People who eat all the wrong kinds of foods. And they do it because it tastes better. I'm with you. Like, the stuff that's not good for you tastes better. And from an honest place of sensitivity and empathy, and I understand this, and many of you know my journey, like, like with this, it's a struggle, and I get it, and everybody's in a different place. But there are people who are not taking care of their temple, the temple that God gave them, their body. However, however, and, and I get that, it's a struggle. There is a movement to now implying and passing off, even though, you know, they could be bigger, but it's, it's healthy. In fact, there's a movement to passing it off as now it's fit. They're fit. And again, this is, this is sensitive. I, I get it. And, 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 and they're fit unless you're, you're a guy rocking the dad bod. Because here's what happens. You can go into any store around the area. And I'm not even going to name them. You just go do this research for yourself. There is a huge discrepancy between the, the women's fashion photos on the wall in some clothing departments and the men's fashion photos on the wall. I'm just saying, like the men, they all have these chiseled abs, these jaw lines that look like, you know, stone. I'm just like, I'm just saying, you draw your own conclusion, but you go and you draw your own opinion from that. However, I say that because here is what's not opinion. Here's what's truth. Do you know what the number one killer is in America? Heart disease. You know what the number one factor is in heart disease? obesity. Like, I get it. That's one example of some very sensitive issues that we're going to maybe talk about over the next several weeks. And it just goes back to just don't call something your truth. Well, this is my truth that this is okay. This, it doesn't have to be your truth. Like, and I understand that, that when things are difficult and touchy and we bristle against it and we want to push back, you know, because we don't want to, to hear it or reject it because we don't like it, we might have to do a little research on our own. We might have to do a little digging. We might have to, to you know, do some searching to try to find out what is the, the truth. And again, that's a struggle because I don't know exactly where to tell you to look all the time to where you can find actual truth on certain subjects. I know, I know what source I'm gonna point to over the next several weeks, but I, I promise you it's not Facebook. I promise you it's not Instagram. That's not where you should find all of your, your truth. But we are in this to mature, to grow. And when truth becomes something that we're really hungry for, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. And again, not just getting mad when we are, are confronted with it. But what happens is when you and I develop a relationship with, with the truth, the truth, not your truth or my truth. Again, I'm not gonna give you my opinions on this, but the truth, it's the most powerful dynamic that God created in the universe. And it starts here, John 14, six, I mentioned it earlier. Jesus said, I'm the way I am the, say it out loud, truth. And I'm the life. And before we even go further, here's what I need you to know. I know that this message, um, some of you, you have not yet received the truth. That Jesus is the truth. So we have to start there. Before we answer these big burning questions that we, we have, can you get yourself to a place 
You're like, Jesus is the truth, where you can bite your lip, hold your tongue, swallow your pride, whatever it might take to say, no, I want the truth in my life. I want to know the truth. When I see, I see gold and white and you see, you know, blue and black. Okay. Why? Why is that? Like, let's figure, let's figure it out. Why do I see that? Is it based on my experience? Is it based on my feeling? Is it based on my, my opinions? Like, what is the, the truth? When other people believe one thing and I believe something else, we need to search for the, the truth. And what I'm not suggesting is that we live our lives in a constant state of limbo to where we never actually land on, on truth. I think that's what the world is doing. It's all this confusion, you know, about what is true and what's, what's not true. And there's a lot of people that are so confused. I mentioned uh, masks and vaccines earlier. I think it's funny how all the recommendations that came along with, with COVID, they changed constantly, did they not? Like it changed. And you know why that is? Nobody really knew. That's nobody's fault. Like we don't know what we don't know. We've never been there before as a, as a culture. So that's not to say that, that, wow, you know, that they, what it is to say is that there were people who were pretending like they knew the truth. I still don't know if we know completely why it affects certain people, why it did this, why, like, I don't know if we know, but there were people who pretended like it was the truth, that they had the truth. So much so, I don't know if you remember this, but early on they said, hey, all we need is two weeks to flatten the curve, two weeks. How did that turn out? And I get it, I get it. I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. I'm just saying there was so much pressure to have the truth. So much pressure, like if they didn't know the truth, you could not say, say that. All I'm saying is we need to be wise enough to identify the fact that, hey, I don't know what I don't know. And Craig Rochelle, he says something like this, I'd rather follow a leader who is always uh, real than one who is always right. <laughs> so if we could just get to the place, let's clap for Craig. On, Craig. Like if we get to the place where we're like, hey, like, I don't know but I'm hungry for the truth. And I want to learn the truth and discover the truth because the road to who you are meant to be, don't miss this, is the road to truth. Like that's it. It's what moves you forward in life. It's how you identify your purpose. It's how you identify how God created you and wired you. He made you, he forms you in your mother's womb. He, he knows you and no one knows the purpose of a thing like the creator of a thing. And God created you. And so over the next several weeks, um, what I'm going to present is that for me, and Ben, you guys can come on out. For me, like the final word on truth, the final word in my life is God's word. Now, don't miss this. It's the final word when I agree with it. And it's the final word when I don't. I don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to, to pick and, and choose. Colby, how do you know God's word is the final word? You have to come back next week to find out. That's next week. Like we're gonna talk about it. The enemy wants to plant doubts in your mind about who you are based on how you feel, based on your, your opinions and cause you to question who it is that God made you to be. 
In fact, I would encourage you, um, when, when Jesus fasted, Satan tempted him. And, it, and here's how he did it. He said, hey, if you are this, then why don't you do these things? If you are, and what did Jesus do? I would encourage you to do what Jesus did. He pointed to the truth of God's word. And so actually, here's what God's word says. Here's what God's word says in my life. And so here's where we started. We started with God's word. Let's end with God's word. Ephesians 4.14, no longer church, infants, tossed back and forth by the wind, deceitful scheming. Instead, speak the truth and do it in love. Like we can, we can, my approach to this is not, I have it all figured out. I got this. I don't think any of us do. And again, I was honest with you. There are times in my life where I don't honor and respect what's true, even though I know it's true, but I'm trying. But I'm gonna speak the truth, God's truth in, in love. And that's how we grow. That's how we, we grow. Um, do you guys know how there are times when, if you're a parent and your child comes home and they had a home from school and perhaps they were bullied at school and you just knew it. Maybe they got in the car, maybe they got home and they didn't really talk that much. You can answer that or is that a phone I don't know if that was, or if that was somewhere. um they didn't talk much like you just knew something was wrong and maybe you find out later this is how it works with my kids they don't ever tell me anything right away it takes a little bit for it to get out and say you know what my friends uh they said this or that or they didn't want me at their or, or perhaps they're like well you know they said I was a loser they said I was inadequate. They said I was ugly. It could be any number of things. What is your role as a parent in that moment? I'll tell you what it is. It's for you to say, stop, stop. That's not true. That's not who you are. Those things aren't real about you. You are special, you are unique. This is all I wanna say as we wrap this up. For some of us, hey, the things that you've been believing about yourself based on experience or opinion or all those, I get it, but stop. It's not true. It's not who you are. You know who you are? Who God says you are. And God says you are a special masterpiece. You are his special prize. You are a workmanship that there's no one like you, that he created you and formed you and knit you in your mother's womb, that he created you on purpose with a purpose. That's who you are. You are a priesthood. You are a chosen people. You are a royal generation. You are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. You are blessed going in. You are blessed going out. Like there's nothing. Like you just need to know who you are. And if we don't know who we are and we're just caught up in the confusion and in the, 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 the current of culture, I'm just telling you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is there's freedom. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Some of us need to be set free. Would you stand to your feet? I'm gonna pray for us. And we will worship through this God. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for the power that it has. I pray for clarity. I pray for, I pray for your spirit.
thing though, we would understand truth. And we would know the truth. And the truth would begin to deliver us, would begin to change us from the inside out. God, that we would walk in our full potential and purpose because we are who you say we are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.